Before I leave this year, can you tell me, did anyone here, it's confession time, we're not very Catholic here, are we, but confession time, did anyone here have too much to eat this Christmas dinner? Too much chocolate counts. There is, now at least we've got somebody who's truthful here. Lawrence said no, and I don't believe him for a second, because I can see his jumper has new contours. <laughs> right, so you had that. Who had a turkey feast? Hand up. Who had turkey? Right. Um, who preferred the old beef and pork that had the meat one? Nobody? Oh dear. Chicken? Chicken. See, chicken, that's popular. Vegetarian? Now, you see, vegetarian, it doesn't quite work necessarily, does it? But, uh, so who fasted that day? <laughs> Gosh. You see? Who had fast food? Who phoned up and had a takeaway? You know, the Chinese... Interesting, isn't it? Now, we're all far too polite here, aren't we, to ask who had maybe a little bit much to drink. Good, no answers. But the question of drinking in a perhaps more righteous way than I was hinting out there comes in today's talk. And to start on that, can you complete this sentence? The Son of Man came to. Sorry? Seek and save the lost, right? Any others? The Son of Man came to. Sorry? Free the captives, yep. Be Lord of the Sabbath. Be Lord of the Sabbath. Yep. Quench our thirst. It's interesting, actually. They're all right. The Bible in the New Testament gives three answers. The first one is in Mark 10, verse 45. The Son of Man came not to serve, not sorry, not to be served, but to serve. That's the first one. The second one is to seek and save the lost. That's in Luke 19, verse 10. And lastly, Luke 7, verse 34. Mac, any chance you could get that up on the screen? I'm sorry to drop this on you, but Jenny did it to you earlier, so I thought I'd join in. Verse 34. The Son of Man came drinking and eating. And you say he is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. I just want to stick with the first bit. The Son of Man came eating and drinking. You see, the first two answers about coming not to be served but to serve, and then the one to seek and save the lost, is why Jesus came. And the third, that one, is to do with his method, the how the how that Jesus came. He came eating and drinking. And I'm indebted in part to a book that I was plunging into on this, because some of the points here were just so good and parallel. And that is the book of, about eating with Jesus, it's called. And if you see that, it's a good read. So he came. He came eating and drinking. 
Now, this son of man phrase, where does that come from? Well, that comes from Daniel 7. And that means one who comes before God to receive authority over the nations. And who, is, who else is qualified to do that? Jesus came before God to receive authority over the nations. Does he come when he came to us? Did he come as an angel on clouds of heaven? No. Did he come in a blaze of glory? No. He comes eating and drinking. And this didn't fit the Jews' picture at all in terms of what they were looking for. So if you look at it in Luke, you find he has what I called here a long meal strategy. He did his teaching, his evangelism and everything at those long meals. There was a table again. A table often with grilled fish, a loaf of bread and maybe with so many there, like a carafe of wine, I, I can visualize. So he came eating and drinking. And Luke is very interesting. You may not have read it in this way, but if you go through Luke, and I'll give you the main ones, it's probably true to say in Luke that Jesus is either going to a meal, eating a meal, or leaving a meal. And I'll just rattle through these, but it's just interesting. If you just read Luke itself, it's not long. In Luke 5, he eats and drinks with sinners and tax collectors. That was that scripture we had up there by Matt, up there. In Luke 7, he's got the Pharisees around. Now, the Pharisees, of course, didn't actually eat. They wouldn't lower themselves. They sort of stood off and criticized and hovered around. But the meal was going on. They could have done if they were not so religious. In Luke 9, there's another meal, and it involves 5,000 people. Jesus eating and drinking, yeah? In Luke 10... He's with you ladies. He's with Martha and Mary, eating with them. In Luke 11, he's at another meal, and that's one where he has quite a lot to say about the Pharisees and Sadducees. It's a bit of a strong teaching at that meal. Luke 14, he, there's a meal, but there's a difference. It's a meal with a guidance. It's a meal that says, invite the poor, not your friends. The poor, the needy, not your friends. And maybe part of the Matthew 25 thing we're doing is trying to do that in a way that uh, maybe in this society is difficult to invite in that way, but reaching out to the poor and not just sending presents to our friends and people we know. Luke 19, I've called that a mini-dinner. Why do you think it's a mini-dinner? Because a little man came. Who was the little man who came to the mini-dinner? Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. He was up a tree because he was only little. He was of diminished height, as they say, to be politically correct. Another meal. Come to my house. I'm going to eat with you. It was a sort of an unusual one. It's one of those Christmas dinners where you invite yourself somewhere else. Luke 22 is another meal. The Last Supper. And then Luke 24, they're on a road. They're on a road to Emmaus, and the risen Jesus is there. Well, they don't eat going down the road like sometimes you and I do if we're hungry and we're on the way back from the shops or on the way to the car, and you've just got something, you put your hand in there, don't you? And, or you haven't had a bit of a sugar rush. You put it, you're in the car, and you have something quickly. But later, 
It's fish and chips again, isn't it? It's fish and meal in Jerusalem. So in Luke, I say again, and this comes out in that lovely book I was referring to, Jesus is either going to a meal, eating a meal, or leaving a meal. Luke 14, there is a great banquet. Luke 15, the prodigal son, what does it end with? A feast. Killing the fatted calf, a meal beyond all meals, another feast. And of course, in that sense, the father is representational of Jesus, isn't he? The father who is looking out for the son. Luke 16, in Luke 16, the rich eat and the beggars eat crumbs. So what's all this eating and drinking about? You see, it is important to know it's signs of befriending. It's coming alongside, in many cases with Jesus, unacceptable people. As Wimber used to say sometimes, they don't look right, they don't walk right, and they don't smell right. That's a strong way of putting it, and rather American. But in a way, they're unacceptable for one reason or another. And I just noticed that Jesus had these big meals. So what are big meals about? Big meals are about big grace. Long meals are about tall grace. These meals aren't fast food, are they? They are the first course to a new kingdom, introducing those who are unacceptable to the new kingdom. They are symbolic, aren't they? But they put the symbols into action. They say, you are welcome. As my friend, we are together as family. Okay, there's not a blood link, but there is this coming into the family, the body of Christ. Jesus came teaching about the feast of the kingdom. How did he do that? He came feasting in this kingdom. He didn't do snacks. He didn't do party food. He did food and drink properly. You see, we can hear, we can do mission, we can do outreach, we can do targets, we can have strategies, we can have things about growth, etc., etc., etc. And what was Jesus' mission strategy? What was it? The Son of Man came eating and drinking. Simple, isn't it? But probably not for us. But as we enter this new year, the oversight have already met and felt it right that we have, during the course of the year, we've got no plans at the moment, just seeking the Lord and seeking the right thing, to have an away day. And that away day will have eating and drinking to share and pray and build together. We will see if we can plan fellowship meals, you know, more of those during the course of the year so that we can eat and drink together and invite others and the low be shared lightly by all being involved, not just two or three people trying to do everything, everybody involved, so that we can watch and pray, eating and drinking, learning and growing together in Christ. Not to be physically fat, but to be spiritually full, to overflow in that fullness to others who are dry, needy. They are needing good spiritual food and the wine of the kingdom. You're all invited to come. So is it to be feast or famine for you in the new year?
Jesus Christ is coming and eating and drinking. Shall we do the same? Let's pray. Father, sometimes things are so simple in Scripture and yet we make them so complicated. And a disciple follows what Jesus did under the power and guidance of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, if this is a Rima word, I just ask that you will oversee the occasions, the arrangements, where we go, who we have, what we do. Not because we've done it before, Lord, but because we're following your path afresh in the new year. Would you just give us wisdom in the oversight? May the church be of one mind about it and may they be there to support. Would you make the provision financially, practically in every way? And may we just choose the right days so that we can draw people in here to follow Jesus because the Son of Man came eating and drinking. Amen.